Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I wanted to get back to a little talk about relationships and specifically relationship statuses. I wanted to talk about identifying where we might have some doubts, some insecurities, some feelings around our current status, our current situation in relationships, and how it doesn't have to affect your spiritual growth, your spiritual path, or your ability to feel at peace and have complete acceptance of yourself, regardless of status. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody, Whitney here with an Identify and Heal solo episode. Happy Friday. I hope everyone is doing well. I was just thinking that it's been a while since I've done a relationship-focused episode. Mostly that is because I haven't had many experiences recently involving dating or relationships. I usually speak to what I'm inspired to talk about at the moment. I'm still waiting for people to (laughs) write in and tell me what topics they'd like me to cover. Until then, I just kind of keep track of what topics I think are interesting and hopefully helpful to you all, but also things that I feel sort of inspired, have a spark to explore and talk about that relate to our healing journey, our spiritual path, our pursuit of love and acceptance of ourselves and all of that. And today I was thinking about relationship statuses, more so some of the assumptions made, stigmas about, or challenges with various relationship status titles. I don't even know if they used the term relationship status until Facebook. Was that something that we used to say about people? (laughs) Like it's it's like oddly formal, right? I don't know if people used to be like, well, what's her relationship status? I think that Facebook just invented that. <laughs> and we used to just say like, hey, what's up with her? What's up with him? Who's he dating? Facebook had to formalize it so it could have a button for it. <laughs> Anyways, but it, it, it does work, right? People like to put labels on things. Humans love to do that. We like to group things. We like to categorize things. We like to make sense of things. Things are either this or they're that. They're either there or they're here. And it helps us. However, it very often hurts us in a lot of different ways. And particularly that happens in the realm of relationships. Now, there's a broad number of reasons for this. And the main one goes back to much more archaic times, ancient times, which was the pursuit of partnership. If you go back far enough, when we were 
cavemen and beyond and just beginning to have homesteads and places to call our our own a sanctuary shelter it was more beneficial to be doing this with another person it was much more challenging to try to go it alone survival wise right so as humans still being very stuck to survival are still very attached to this idea that partnered is superior that we are supposed to be partnered, that that's what we do, that's how we get through life. Now, I will say that I personally believe that life is meant to be shared. There are some people who are really in a very hermit mode in their lifetime. They're meant to go within, they're meant to explore, but I think those people are few and far between. Those are unique creatures because humans are social creatures. We come here to experience being with one another, right? We go from the absolute where we're all one into singularity where we're like, oh my gosh, I get to learn about another person and through them, through learning about them, I learn about myself. What fun. So most of us are not here to learn how to be alone. We're here to learn how to share life with others. However... The thing to keep in mind is just because you're not in a partnership, a life partnership, have a life companion, or in a romantic partnership, doesn't mean you're not sharing your life with others. But here comes in the stigma. So let's just break it down, all right? Relationship status. Again, bringing it back to Facebook, what did it used to be? Any other old timers out there? I was was one of the honorary original members of Facebook, (laughs) one of those colleges that was in, I don't know, we... I went to Tulane in New Orleans and I think it was, we were like one of the first top 20, I don't know who cares, but like early on we were admitted when they were being very exclusive because if you've ever seen the social social network, you know that Facebook was inspired by an exclusive membership basis at Harvard. And then they realized this is stupid because we want to get more and more people because hey, capitalism and let's make money. Okay. So I think the original was, oh gosh, in a relationship, okay, that's still there, single or it's complicated, which I don't even think exists anymore. Wow. Okay. I just checked. I actually have it open now because I was curious and it's come a long way. So as I said, in the beginning, there was just single in a relationship or it's complicated. Now we have, whoa, a whole litany of options. Status, single in a relationship. The OGs remained. (laughs) Then we have engaged, married, in a civil union, in a domestic partnership, in an open relationship. It's complicated. It's complicated. still remains. Then we have separated, divorced, and widowed. Okay, so they're having representation for everyone. That's great. That's wonderful. And it ties me in to the focus for this episode, which is that regardless of your status, your value does not change. Your worth as a human being in the society does not change. And also, these statuses do not need to limit you. They also do not define you, and they also are not permanent. They don't have to stay. So let me offer sort of what I think of as sort of the hurdles and challenges for people in each one of the the statuses. And I'm not going to go through all the ones that I described. I'm going to stick with the ones that were from Facebook. I'm going to describe a few different statuses that I think covers general, which is either single, partnered, or divorced. Because I think that partnered can really encapsulate all those different things, whether you're in a civil union, domestic union, a polyamorous relationship, open relationship, you're still in some form of partnered situation. 
And I think that each of these carry their own stigmas and challenges that can either bring us down, that can make us feel deficient, that can make us feel stuck, that can make us feel stigmatized. So let's start with single. And that's sort of the identify part of this Identify and Heal solo episode is helping you to identify if there is some kind of resistance or fear or avoidance or assumption related to your relationship status. If you are in a wonderful, healthy place with your status, be it single or partnered or divorced, that's fantastic. That's great. That's wonderful. You might be so interested in hearing this because it's just kind of fun to think about the different stages and phases and places that we find ourselves in life and that others find themselves in how in a lot of ways uh, we still really hold on to pretty conventional means of labeling and understanding one another. Or maybe this episode just isn't for you. Okay, anyways, let's get into it. So let's start with people who are single. So I said that I was thinking about relationship status. The reason I was thinking about relationship status was a friend sent me a link for a podcast called Spinsterhood Reimagined. I first read it as Sisterhood Reimagined, and I was like, oh, cool. We're talking about gathering women. That's awesome. And then I was like, oh, Spinsterhood. Okay, that puts a twist into it. And I'll admit, I don't really care too much for the term spinster. It just feels real nasty and kind of harsh. It's also pretty archaic. I've used that term twice now, but let's be real. A lot of the concepts and terms we use, especially for women, are archaic. (laughs) I could use a little updating. Oh, okay. And it looks like I am not alone because I actually just looked up the definition of spinster. And according to the online dictionary, (laughs) it's so it literally says spinster and it says noun. And then it shows a little caution sign. I've never seen this. And it says in capital letters, derogatory slash dated. (laughs) So uh, yeah, they're not holding back any punches either. This term was never very pleasant. And actually, so the origins of spinster, literally a spinster was an occupation as far back as the 1300s. And as you guessed it, it's, you know, like a spinning wheel, like from a Sleeping Beauty. A lot of women were literal spinsters, spinners as an occupation. They spun clothing with, you know, yarn and thread and all of that. So that was their occupation. And then at a certain point, a spinster became associated with just sort of like a woman that was hidden away, just spinning away at a wheel and not with anybody else. They were just alone. In the 1700s is when it really became that derogatory term that was supposed to be a little bit of a judgment towards women who were single. And this was because the term spinster was associated with women who had a job that didn't pay very well, which was spinning yarn and thread. But then it just kind of became a term for women who in general were poor and alone because back in the Middle Ages, single women usually were much less wealthy than women who were married. So you know, as these things do, it just kind of built to be this term for people who were sad and alone. And even the definition still defines it as a woman who is unmarried. 
and does not say a person. It's just a woman. And back then, even in the 1700s, it was still that men who were unmarried were called bachelors. And as we know, there's that double standard where single men are kind of revered as, you know, a bachelor. They're fun-loving. They're, you know, they're just having a good time, being a playboy with a bunch of women, whereas a woman who was single had to just be sad and alone and miserable. Okay, so the, the, the history goes back that it's always been sort of stigmatized to be a woman who is single. And again, this goes back to first, this goes back to in general, going alone in this world is more challenging, less desirable, less advantageous for survival to then making it about going it alone in the world as a woman without a man meant that you're probably poor and we're probably going to struggle and that you're going to have to have a low paying job and not many options, which is fairly accurate. So it quickly just became assumed that when you saw a woman that she was trying to get partnered, that she wanted to be in a marriage, in a courtship, so that she wasn't stuck being alone. Now, fast forward a few hundred years to us today, this isn't really the case. Women absolutely and completely do not need to be partnered in order to be financially stable and successful. It still holds true that partnered people usually, I mean, you have double income. (laughs) So you're going to have a few more options. I mean, of course, you have double the cost, but it still tends to be advantageous. Like I have friends All my friends who own homes are partnered. I don't think, I actually have a a few friends. No, I do have a few friends, single women who have their own homes, which like badasses, I'm not in that position yet to be able to do that. It is, I think it is harder with one income. Yet it's not the case that you need to have a man or to be married in order to achieve the things you want. And actually the rates, the, the rates of single women in the population just keep going up and up and up and up. So more women by choice are wanting to remain single. So there's one aspect to it. I don't want to go focus too much on it. You guys know that I'm single, so I don't want to just (laughs) focus on that the most because I do think that there are their own assumptions and stigmas that come with being partnered and with being divorced. Those are also major statuses. So let's talk about being partnered. As I said, I think that life is meant to be shared. I personally look forward to having a true loving relationship. I've also worked towards making peace with the fact that it might not happen. Partnership is one of those things in life that you can't control. You can work really hard for your career, but even in your career, you work really hard and you hope for the best. You can't necessarily control the exact position and the exact way that your success is going to look. It's really true with anything in life. You hope for the best and you make peace with the rest, as they say. But it's particularly true about relationships is that you can put yourself out there and you can take care of yourself and you can be personable, yet you can't really force these things. And overall, in general, with these status things, of course, I take it from a higher level spiritual perspective, which is that, listen, people came to this plane for different reasons. People are living their life for different reasons. And that's why I really wanted to talk about this is we look at it as one being the right way to do things and another as being wrong, being undesirable. And it's just not true. Who are we to judge a soul's path, right? Yes, you can absolutely learn a ton in partnership. You can grow and have yourself mirrored and have to be challenged in ways that you are not when you are single. 
However, you don't have to be partnered in order to have an experience here on earth. Both paths provide different ways of learning. And it's very possible that your soul came into this life to learn a lot on a solo journey. And I feel that that's kind of been my story. And when I'm in my moments of acceptance, I recognize like, wow, I wouldn't have had this opportunity to grow and to explore and to have these experiences if I had been partnered. And I'm sure that when, you know, sort of the the wave breaks and that experience has completed, that that's probably when I'll meet somebody. However, again, tying into the stigma part, being a human being on planet Earth with all the pro- programming and messages that were given, I have been through such grief, feeling like, why the hell has this not happened for me? What's wrong with me that I haven't had a partnership, that it hasn't happened yet? Yet here's the other thing, though. If I take a moment to step back and it, let's say I was in a vacuum and I didn't have all this messaging about, oh only the good ones are taken and only the ones that are still single, they're just the leftovers. They're, they're no good. Or she's, oh, she's too pretty to be single. Oh, she's, of course she's not single. And anyways, all of these terms, if I didn't have all these messages make instilling this fear in me that says, oh no, oh no, if I'm single, that means I'm, I'm undesirable. I'm undetractive. There's something wrong with me. I'm a spinster. Okay. If I took all that away, I, I have a really awesome life. I'm actually living a life that I once only dreamed of. I get to travel and still work. I never thought I'd be able to do that and be self-employed. Yeah, right. (laughs) I never thought. I get to explore different areas of the country. I get to go see beautiful places. And I love all that. That's all. I've always loved to travel. I've always loved to move around. I think I was nomadic in past lives. Maybe I'm even from another species in the universe that's more nomadic. I heard that Octurians, I think that's it, that they travel around the whole cosmos. They don't stay put. So that's why some of us are more satisfied and feel more comfortable just moving around. My point is, if I didn't have all this messaging, I don't think I would have this fear in my heart that there's something wrong with me because I'm not partnered. There's nothing wrong with not being partnered. However, we can't help but when we live in this society to question, am I a spinster? Do they have a point here? Is there something wrong? I don't think so. I think that the term spinster is going the way of the dinosaurs. It's already been laid to rest. There's no such thing as a woman who is has to be partnered in order to make it in this world anymore. It's just not the case. Yes, it can be advantageous for them to be partners. And maybe, yes, maybe a woman just really wants to be able to be a mom and run a household. And she can only do that when partnered. But she finds a loving partner. That's great. But my point is that we are meant to live the life that we want to have. And there's so many ideas and notions about how that's supposed to look that I think it prevents a lot of us from living the life that we want. So that goes into the stigma for partnership, which is just the idea that it's what you're supposed to do. I have met a lot of people in my life who have found themselves in partnerships and just basically expressed, I don't know if this is what I want, but I just don't really know how, like I I don't know how to be single. I don't know what it would be like. I've never, I have met many women who have never been on their own, who have never been single, who don't really know what it would be like to try and go it their own. I know that was a situation with my mom, and I think maybe I was sort of modeled that and just that made me so uncomfortable, the idea of feeling so tied to and dependent on another person because my mom 
was married shortly after her mom died, who she was really close to until the very end. And basically her mom was like trying to marry her off. (laughs) And she did. And then my mom just didn't know, you know, how she could ever, she didn't really know anything about how to live life on her own. So she was basically beholden to that situation. And so that's all she knew. And I think that there are less women like that today, but there's, it's still prevalent. And there are still people who are in partnership who I think often may think, may consider, wow, it would be nice to be free and go do what I want to do and go explore life on my own. But maybe they have partners who tell them, no, you can't do that. Like you can't leave this. And, and I'm not saying that that's the case, obviously across the board, as I said, as a disclaimer at the beginning, which this is not for people who are in a happy partnership or happily single or happily divorced. I'm offering this to people like me who sometimes get hung up. And because again, all my episodes are trying to help you find greater peace and freedom and joy in life. And I, again, this, I thought of this because that seeing that podcast kind of sent that same shock, you know, to my, that little reflex that was, oh no, there's that word spinster. Oh God, that's me. That's me. People thought probably think of me as a spinster. And then I go into that downward spiral of thinking like, God, I wonder who has said that about me and what they've said. And then, but you just have to think like, who cares? You know, when we get into the, that realm of wondering what people think, oh God, we could spend hours doing that, right? I mean, if there was a book kept of all the rude things people have said about us, we could read that for the rest of our lives. But who wants to, (laughs) right? There's a phrase that I loved from the 12-step programs, which which says, what other people say about you is none of your business. And it's so freaking true, right? It happens out of your awareness. It happens out of your presence. It's none of your business. And who the hell wants to know that anyways? How awful would that be to hear every little thing that somebody said about you? What if people heard every little thing that you've said about them? You probably didn't mean all of it. You might have said it in a moment of frustration or a moment of judgment. Anyways, my point is the only thing that matters is how we feel about ourselves. Yet that's, again, why I'm using this episode is because even though we might be on our healing path, even though we might be on our spiritual journey, we can still have those days, those moments where we get pulled into the maya, the mirage, the illusion that we're supposed to do life a certain way. And so this part, talking about partnership, is that some people think that that's just what it is. That's just what it's supposed to be. And they haven't given themselves the chance to experience being single or to leave a relationship, to leave behind something that just doesn't feel quite right to them, that just doesn't feel like it's what they are meant for or what they really want, but they don't know how to walk away from it because they don't know what life might look like. There's so many resources out there now for independent women who are looking to go out in the world and be financially independent, be independent in general, and learn how to live life on their own. Because even though we've come a long way from the 1300s, from the 1700s, it is still really deep in there that women are supposed to need a man or a partner in general, that they are not capable of doing this whole life thing on their own. I can say that for myself that that is not true, yet it's very common that I have people very condescendingly talking to me about how to do this or that or the other thing because I'm just this woman out here on my own. And you do also have to be careful of being taken advantage of when you're a woman out there on your own. It's happened to me where people think that because you don't have a man to stand up for you or to make sure someone doesn't screw you over, that they can screw you over. So you do have to have your wits about you. 
yet that goes back to one of the advantages and one of the sole paths of being single or having an extended experience of being single is you learn how to stand up for yourself and how to be wary and how to navigate life on your own. And it's not a criticism to either side. Again, I'm just noticing the there's benefits to all of it. There's benefits and challenges to all of it. And none of them are wrong. None of them are wrong. And I think that's why I do highlight the single part the most because that's the one that we are told so thoroughly that it is bad. It is distasteful. It is looked down upon. It is scorned. It is judged. It's basically a derogatory term to be single, to be a spinster. And it's just not the case. There are so many wonderful things about having the freedom to be single. And this also bleeds into the idea of being child-free. That's another thing that that podcast talked about. She, This woman who does that podcast, the spinsterhood reimagined, talks to being single and child-free. And I think that there's also people who feel that pressure to have kids and people who feel insecure about not having kids. That's a whole nother thing. But it all ties together with why can't we just let people live the life they want to live? <laughs> the more that we start doing that, the more comfortable we can all be with whoever we are. And it's not anyone else's job, right? Me making peace with being single at 38 is up to me. It is. Yet I can be a part of the general temperature, the general atmosphere we create on this planet around that. I think there has been a shift kind of to just using like another similarity. I think there has been a shift in people being more open to different body types. And it's the same sort of thing. I don't know if if I just changed and I matured, but I feel so much less stress around being a certain size. And I think a lot of it does have to do with more of an introduction of showing different body types, showing the reverence of different body types. And I think that that has really had a positive change on how people think of how our bodies are supposed to look. I think it's opened it up to people saying, our bodies can look any kind of way. And I can embrace it and love it. And any body type can also be embraced and loved by others. It doesn't have to be a one size is the lovable, desirable size. I would love to see the same thing happen with statuses. I think it would be great if people were just as open to those who choose to be, as also as a term now, solo amorous. That's someone who is consciously making a choice to be single as they prefer to enjoy life on their own in a loving experience with themselves. I think it's fantastic. And I do think that the more that we open to different ideas that that term spinster can go completely away and even the stigma on being single can go away and the stigma on ending a partnership, deciding to move on from a marriage, from choosing yourself instead of keeping yourself in a place that doesn't benefit your growth. That's another thing, you know, I've spoken on this show and I actually just spoke to this on a podcast I was a guest on today, the Awakened Heart podcast, a very sweet podcast. Anyways, it's the idea that because you were born into a certain family or because you've had friends for a long time, you have to keep them. No, you do not. You don't have to do anything. If we surrendered more and followed the path of our soul, we would let so many more things come and go than we do. 
Usually we're very resistant to things and we hold on to other things and we say, no, this is how it's supposed to be. And we keep ourselves in these imprisoned rules that keep us from being free, from being at peace and from experiencing joy. That can be seen both in the stigma of being single and in the fear of not being partnered and being divorced and leaving a marriage that no longer serves you, why would you stay in anything that doesn't serve you? And there is, some people have this very strong mentality of you have to be loyal and committed to a person. Once you've made that declaration, come hell or high water, you should remain faithful. I'm not here to argue with anyone's faith or their beliefs, not in any capacity. I'm just pulling back a little and speaking what I believe is the case from a soul level, which is that a soul comes in here to have different experiences. I do believe in soul contracts, which means that the people we meet, the people we connect with, we're meant to come together, have an experience, and then part again when it naturally occurs. Now, yes, some of those connections can last for an entire lifetime. Some of them last for a brief period. It's like that phrase, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. It's fairly accurate. There are people who are prone to jump ship too early, right? Who tend to be afraid of commitment, afraid of connections. Maybe they are easily upset and want to disengage from people if they feel wronged, rather trying to communicate and work it out. That can be very challenging. That's absolutely my tendency. I'll fess up to that. We all have different tendencies. Some people stay very codependent. They don't want to leave anybody. I'm more the type, I guess you could call it avoidant, who if there is a problem, I'll say, you know what, let's just let's just go our separate ways. However, I do take time to reflect on it. And I have felt that the times that I've made that choice, it really felt more like our time together had ended. And especially as I've gotten more spiritual, I feel like I've been guided to, I've gotten the inspiration that was like, it's time to move on from this. This is no longer serving you. And again, we have to be wary of that. Like, we don't, we don't just like say that about every, oh, this isn't serving me anymore. I'm out. I'm just, I'm just going to sit on my couch for eternity because nothing is serving me anymore because I don't like life. <laughs> we want to be aware, right? Because there is a very diff, there is a big difference, right? And you can, you can even pull that back to what we're talking about. There is a difference between loving being single and embracing it and being terrified of being in a partnership or putting yourself out there or opening yourself to love. I had a, card fly out of my Nature Whispers Oracle deck the other day when I was shuffling it as I was pulling a card for a client. And the card came out, Acceptance of Love. And it's this beautiful image of this tall, handsome man who's also a tree. (laughs) He's like, this image shows this dude. He's he's like standing next to a tree, but he's made of tree bark. I don't know. That's cool. Whatever. But he, he must be very attuned with nature, right? I'll take a tree, man. And he's kissing this woman who's like draped in ivy. It's really beautiful. But acceptance of love. And I think it flew out because that's what I'm needing to learn right now is that it's safe to accept love and you can accept love. Because here's the thing, in order to accept love, you have to know that you're worthy of love. And that's always been my hurdle is not believing it. So I'm a little bit in that in-between where, yes, I have had many bountiful, beautiful benefits of being single. Yet I've also held myself back by keeping a strong belief that I'm not worthy of being loved. So of course I'm going to be single, right? It's more like 
trying to make lemonade out of lemons rather than being like, this is a fucking awesome day at the beach of freedom with my lemonade in hand, (laughs) if that even makes sense. But you get what I'm saying. You can be both, right? I think there are really some women out there who just, and people in general, who totally prefer being on their own. They've realized fairly enough, like this is not a far-fetched statement, that life can be a lot more simple and peaceful and easy when you're doing it on your own right? You get to make the choices you want. You get to make the schedule you want. Your house can be quiet and calm and put together if that's what you like, or it can be a total mess (laughs) and it can be totally disorganized and no one's going to get mad at you about it. All of these things. However, you do miss out on the beauty of companionship, the fun of sharing your life with someone, of co-creating, of cooking together, of making love together, of sharing experiences together, of traveling together. So it's a give and take thing and everyone has the right to choose. And one is not better or worse than the other and one is not right and the other is wrong. The only thing that matters is exploring what feels right for you. Because here, again, is a thing. If you've been single most of your life and you feel like you enjoy your life, but you're not really allowing yourself to tap into if there's a block, if there's part of you that's keeping you from opening yourself to accepting love, to experiencing love. If there's part of you that thinks, oh, I I would totally mess that up or I wouldn't know how to do that and so I'm not even going to try. Because this goes back to trying to connect with and listen to our intuition and our soul. Your soul will always nudge you towards what it knows will be for your greatest growth. This is kind of becoming the theme and a mantra for this show. The only thing we're doing in life is growing. Everything that happens to us is for our growth. So think about this. If you're stuck in a rut of being single because you're terrified of what it would mean like to be vulnerable and open yourself, then your soul is kind of just sitting there with their head in their hand thinking, okay, I guess I guess this growth isn't going to happen in this lifetime because they're not taking that next step that's needed for change because change equals growth. We only grow with change. So I'm only offering this because, again, it's a, it's a delicate dance we do. Those who avoid being single, they're missing out on growth too. They might be in a relationship that doesn't serve them and their soul is saying, oh gosh, really? They're going to stay in this? There's no growth happening here. This this isn't what is going to, okay. And in fairness, every single second of life is growth. It's just a matter of how much. We, we have a certain plan when we come into this world. There's a certain amount of growth and development we want to do. What I'm really getting is this, whether you're single, whether you're partnered, whether you're divorced, are you in a place where you feel like you're continuing on your path of growth and evolution? Is this still serving you? Is this still what your soul is interested in, is desiring at this time? Because all that really means is, is it aligned with your true knowing of your highest good? If it's holding you back, if it's something you're doing, based on the chains of your core false beliefs, you got to ask about it, right? And I threw in divorce because I do know some people who are divorced now. And there's a stigma to that too, right? It's like the opposite. It's like you go from one, you're like, okay, I did. I got married. No more stigma. Oh shit. I just got divorced. (laughs) There's the stigma thrown right back on me. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with divorce. Just like there's absolutely nothing wrong being single, but divorce also has that sharp little connotation of like, oh, it didn't work out. Okay. And it's like, actually, no, I just didn't want to stay in something that was 
not working. Or it's just like, no, it ran its course. It ran its course. And we realized, I've actually heard a lot of people say this, where it's like, we ended up just feeling like siblings. There wasn't really any, you know, any passion or any real growth, keyword growth happening. So we decided to let ourselves go back out there and explore other connections. And that's the same reason that people might turn towards open relationships. They say, you know, I think I'm interested in other connections. I love this connection, but I'm also curious about other ones because who knows what other paths of growth there are out there. And of course, we want to have a mutual agreement about that, yet there's nothing wrong with it. So that's my bigger point here. I know I've kind of rambled. It's a big topic to try and sort of consolidate in one episode, but I, I just wanted to put the word out that maybe take a moment. And and I, another thing was that it's the beginning of the year. A lot of people are thinking about, okay, we got Valentine's Day coming up. I need to get back on the apps. I need to work out so I can feel like I'm looking good. I need to do this, that, or the other thing. And taking some time to ask, like, what do you really want? What do you feel like is for your highest good? Is it to spend a little more time on your own to heal so that you are attracting somebody who might actually be a really genuinely good healthy match so that you might be at a place where you're healthier and more at peace with yourself because that's always when we're able to show up most fully in partnership is when we're at peace. When we've made peace with ourselves, we're accepting ourselves. That's when a really wonderful companion can walk into our lives who's at the same frequency. Or are you in a partnership that you're realizing is just not serving you and may not be what you want? Are you curious about what else is out there? Do you feel like your growth has become stagnant? Now, I'm not saying like jump ship at the, sometimes people just get into ruts in a marriage and sometimes they work it out and they figure out, let's figure out how we can bring some life back into this and how we can start growing together. How can we change up our routines? I'm a couples th- therapist. I love couples therapy. And I've helped a lot of people who thought that they needed to get divorced and I help them reconnect and find ways to keep growing. So I'm not by any means saying that, hey, if this marriage isn't working, get out. And if you're single and you're not learning anymore, then go first find the first person who will take you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I always say, which is look to yourself, look to your own inner truth, do some inner work and explore what is my soul desiring at this time? What is for my highest good and growth at this time? What might I be resisting because of stigmas and labels and societal messages and societal ideals? Am I so ready to get out of this marriage, but I'm terrified of being known as the divorcee? The sooner we can say, who gives a fuck? And not even that. this That's the first step. The brave ones now are the ones that are doing that, right? People who are single like me and trying to say, you know what? I, I know people talk about me probably behind my back and say, oh gosh, I wonder what happened to her. Why isn't she married? But I do it anyways. And because like every other woman out there, we if we really wanted to, we could find some somebody, somebody who would be willing to have us. But I don't want that. <laughs> I would never want anything other than what I believe is my sole companion at this point. And I've made peace with the idea that if that doesn't happen in this lifetime, then it doesn't happen and I remain single and that's okay. Because I'm not going to settle for somebody that's just someone to be with. I want someone that's a true equal match, a solid partner. I've done a lot of work. I deserve someone who's also worked, who's become at peace with themselves, who's accepted themselves and is solid. But I also hope that 
there comes a day where all of this just dies down a bit because it is possible. Like I was saying with the body image thing, I think we are making progress. Of course, it's not much, right? And you're not going to see much in a few years. These are things that take generations to shift, right? But I'd love to see in future generations no stigma around whatever shape or size you come in that you are. No stigma around whether you are embracing a single life of freedom and travel and adventures and pursuits and really just doing whatever you want. And those who decide to end a relationship or a marriage, if it's no longer serving their highest good, if it's no longer in their best interest, or if it's just become very unhealthy for them, that we take away the stigma of the word divorce and single, that we stop making it to be these derogatory terms that seem to be a connotation of someone who is less than or less valuable in our society. That spinster term really took hold. And, you know, women already had a rough time. (laughs) We were already always considered lesser than and not very valuable unless we had somebody. And then they had to give us the term spinster, which gave like the lowest of the low levels of women. Let's be done with that, right? Like it's just a myth. There have been so many myths in the history of humanity. The idea of the spinster was one of them. It stuck around like, what do they call it? Like stink on a horse, whatever the term is, just keeps lingering. There ain't nothing wrong with being single. But as I said, just like me, if you sometimes have those insecurities, that's what you want to explore. Because it is possible to fully embrace it and recognize it literally does not mean there's anything wrong with you. And because there is no such thing as anything being wrong with you, it might mean you have a wound that's either pushing people away and making you a, a bit less approachable than others and a bit less able to connect with others, but that's very different than anything being wrong because wrong makes it sound like it shouldn't be that way. Yet if it's your wound and your past that created this, it's because there's a lesson and an opportunity for growth there. Nothing wrong with that. And we can very gently and lovingly and compassionately address those wounds and move through it. Again, the same way if you feel that you have to be in a partnership and you can't be alone, exploring that, what are you afraid of? That's always an important question to ask. What, what, what are you afraid of? What would be so bad about going in this life alone? And again, I did this episode because I think a lot of people would say like, well, I can't imagine being single. I'll never forget one time, maybe I've shared this on the show, but I was, I was hanging out with my friend once and her boyfriend was really drunk and he stumbled in and found us like hanging out on her bed together talking. And he was like, what is she doing here? What is Whitney doing here? She's single. How, why is she? Like, she, he just kept saying that. Like, she's single. She's single. And I was like, is that like a terrible, like, am I a heathen or something? Like, should I not be associated with because I was single? It was very odd. And I only say this because it just shows how strong some people's feelings are about those who are single, that there's something wrong, that they're less than. And it's hard for the people who are single. And it's also hard for people who are not single yet in a bad situation, but are terrified of jumping out as if it's like jumping into shark-infested waters of, oh my God, I'll just be eaten up alive and I can't go through this world alone. Or people afraid to have the stigma of being divorced, that it maybe because there's a stigma that it's a failure, you couldn't make it work, that wasn't enough love there, whatever it might be. All of these are falsehoods. The only thing that's true is what's true for you. Single, partnered, divorced, the only thing that matters is what's true for you. The more we can work to figure that out and have peace with that and sit with it, 
the greater freedom we have, the greater peace we have, and we complete that cycle of growth. Because also remember that when we don't learn the lesson, when we don't grow, we keep repeating the cycle until we do. That's why I'm making 2024 my year where I really jump that track, break through that cycle of falling into the trap of this is wrong with me and that's wrong with me and this is why and that's why. So even though I had a bit of a stumble when I heard that podcast and it sent that typical reflex through my body of, oh, right, people think that I'm weird and there's something wrong with me because I'm alone and a spinster woman. But then I took some time to say, is that true? No, it's not true. Do I need to look at this? No, because just like I talked about in my episode for the new year, this is the year to focus on what you want, not on what you don't have. So that's my new mantra. So immediately as I had had that thought, I recorrected and I said, is that what you want? To focus on feeling sorry for yourself and being afraid what people think of you because you're not partnered? No, I want to think about moving forward towards my greater growth and evolution and to combining and meeting that per- a wonderful person when it's the right timing because we're both at the right levels in our growth and evolution. Or hey, even if it doesn't happen, just seeing what the future holds, it's going to be bright and beautiful and focusing on that because that's what I desire. Not sitting here feeling sorry or feeling scared. And if I need to, I attend to my inner child that's having that little meltdown that's saying, why doesn't, why am I not lovable? What's wrong with me? But that's not happening as much anymore. That was kind of 2023. I don't know. Am I right? Everybody? <laughs> I feel like 2023 was kind of the year of like, whoa, woe is me, like getting stuck in those traps of like, there's something wrong with me. And I think this is the year of, okay, I see it, but I attended to that. I attended to my inner child around this. I just need to do a little bit of a reframe, a little recorrect and get back on track. Focused on what you want, on what you desire. If you want to get in a relationship, if you want to get out of a relationship, if you want to get, end a marriage and move on with your life, Move forward with it. Listen to podcasts that inspire it. Listen to people who have done it. Start being more around messaging that encourages it rather than messaging that doesn't. I'll tell you, I the new place I moved into has like Hulu on their smart TV. So I was just kind of flipping through and I was watching some random comedy shows from, I don't know, like the aughts or something. And there's so much messaging around like having to be partnered and having to be in a relationship and the terror of getting a divorce and having to be uh, out on your own again. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this, I think this also kind of contributed to the last few days of having these feelings. Anyways, I've rambled long enough, you all. My biggest message to you all is that I love you and I would love for all of you to love yourselves exactly as you are and to begin this revolution, this move, this movement, the Native American tradition of seven generations, we are doing work now, not for us necessarily to see the benefits, but for the way that our ancestors will live in seven generations. If you begin to shift your perspective around what it means to have certain relationship statuses and the stigma attached to them and the fear around them, if you begin to be the change, right? That statement, be the change you want to see. There is nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with being partnered in a healthy relationship, and there's nothing wrong with choosing to get separated or divorced. Embrace your truth, explore your resistance, explore your fears, explore what your intuition, what your soul is asking for so that it may continue to grow and evolve and learn the lessons it's meant to in this lifetime, not staying stuck in places out of fear that are keeping us from that growth. And I've said this before too, but we 
we don't worry. Like you've already spent lifetimes where you didn't have much growth. I'm just saying it. I know I have. Where we just made very small strides. That's why I think there's something unique about this time right now. I think there's many souls that maybe didn't make much progress because there's been so much fear on earth, but things are starting to open up. And finally, we're accelerating. We're saying, F this, you know, forget that. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to break rules. I'm going to blaze new trails. Things are shifting. Paradigms are shifting. Ideals are shifting. Beliefs are shifting. We're flipping the whole thing upside down. Seven generations from now, baby, we're going to be in a totally different reality where there aren't all these labels and assumptions. It's just not going to happen. There's not going to be this fear of being this, that, or the other thing. There's going to be much greater acceptance and not even because it's like forced or it's like what you're supposed to do. It's just going to be the natural state of being. The same way that I talk about, talk about how self-love is a state of being, it's not something you can just do through your mind, it's through your heart. That's the way in seven generations we're going to exist. We're going to be at a state where we just no longer even think about that a, another person's value could be changed based on their status or partnership or lack of partnership, whatever it might be. All right, everybody, I hope this was helpful. And again, this was really supposed to inspire people. I don't know if it did, but that, you know, we're starting a new year. If you want to go date, go date. If you think this is a time to embrace being single, do it. If you think you might be ready for a change to leave a partnership or leave a marriage, explore it, embrace it. Take some time to meditate and go within and see what feels true for you. Have a beautiful day. Take care. Bye. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.